Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. You're listening to Radical Philosophy on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial. My name's Louise Richardson-Self and I'm a lecturer in philosophy and gender studies at the University of Tasmania. Like some food for thought? Tune in to Radical Philosophy with discussions on freedom, happiness, knowledge, evil and rational argument. With words from Midgley, Caputi, Adams, Stewart, Wolfe and Hagen Gruber. Let's get radical about philosophy. Eternity is not something that begins after you are dead. It's going on all the time. And we are in it now. Charlotte Perkins Gilman, 1909. Welcome to Radical Philosophy. I'm your host, Beth Matthews. I'm speaking to Professor Virginia Held about the ethics of care. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Delighted to be here. Yeah, would you be able to give us some background information about yourself? Well, in college, I fell in love with philosophy, with the arguments of Plato's dialogues, actually. So I majored in philosophy, but then I got disillusioned with it because at that time it didn't seem possible to deal with in the field with the problems that really mattered, like the absolute horrors of war and what we ought to do to avoid it. Philosophy seemed to me like academic game. So after a year of graduate work in Europe, I abandoned philosophy for around a decade. And another reason I left was that I got married at age 20. My husband was a graduate student, and I needed to earn the money for us to live on. Luckily, I got a job at a political magazine, which was interesting, though the work I did was mostly very lowly. Then I had a falling out with the editor of the magazine, and I considered going back to philosophy. I wanted to write a book on the public interest, arguing that it was an important and meaningful concept, which is what I had come to think as I worked in, on political matters with the magazine. But this would require arguing against the prevailing view, prevailing both in the culture and in philosophy, that a, a concept like the public interest, like all moral terms, was essentially meaningless, just an expression of personal preference or something of that kind. But I went back to Columbia and wrote my dissertation on the public interest, and that was published as a book. And if this sounds all very easy, it was not at all so. It was extremely difficult because by the time I was a graduate student, I had two small children, no confidence and a husband on part-time wages. But I did manage to get a degree, and luckily again, before very long, I got a job at Hunter College, part of the City University of New York, and I've been at CUNY, the City University of New York, at Hunter College and the Graduate School ever since then. I've had a few visiting appointments elsewhere and a few grants, but my association has been with CUNY, for which I'm very thankful. 
by now I've retired from teaching, but I'm still deeply involved with philosophy. For the first few decades of my career in philosophy, I worked in political and social philosophy, publishing a book called Rights and Goods, Justifying Social Action, and editing sub-collections, and I worked with many others to change the field so that we could address the real moral and social and political problems that people face and not just deal with the abstract issues of meta-ethics and the analysis of concepts. And as the women's movement and feminism developed, I became very interested in seeing how gender bias had affected how we think about things as well as how we live. And I wrote a book called Feminist Morality, and after that, The Ethics of Care. Now, should we be able to give us a definition of the ethics of care? Well, the ethics of care, I think, is a normative theory or approach that offers the following guidance. It tells us to value caring relationships, to respond to need with sensitivity, empathy, and effectiveness, to build relations of trust and mutuality, to interact non-violently, and to take responsibility as appropriate for providing needed care, and very importantly, to recognize interdependence. And it can be contrasted with Kantian ethics, which commands autonomous agents to act only on that maxim through which you can at the same time will, that it should become universal law. The emphasis is on the rational recognition of universal law. And the ethics of care can be contrasted with utilitarianism, which tells us to act always so as to bring about the greatest good of the greatest number, which has over the years been interpreted as maximizing happiness or utility or satisfaction of interest or preference. But the focus is on individual interests. And the ethics of care is different because it focuses on relations between persons. And the ethics of care is the first seriously new and different normative moral theory since utilitarianism in the 19th century. As I now see Kantian ethics, I see it as an expansion to the whole of morality of what may well be appropriate for law, but not for all moral and social issues. And I see utilitarianism as what may be appropriate for public policy, but again, not for all social issues. Uh, So I think the ethics of care is the more comprehensive morality, and those others are much more limited. What was it that inspired your interest in studying the ethics of care? Well, I was asked by David Kopp in around 2003, I think it was, to write an article surveying the ethics of care as so far developed. It was still a very amorphous set of ideas at that time, But that piece that I wrote came out in an Oxford Handbook of Ethical Theory. And then I became interested in working out further how we should understand care ethics, because it seemed to me very promising, but in need of serious improvement. By now, I see care as the most fundamental value, even more fundamental than justice that has received so much attention. A lot of human life can go on and has gone on with very little justice exemplified, especially toward women and minorities, but without an adequate enactment of the values of care, 
life cannot go on because there would be no persons. None of us would have survived infancy. So that's an example of why I think care is a more fundamental value than even justice. Yes, that's a, that's a very good point. So how does the ethics of care, how is it relevant to global and political matters? I think the ethics of care is enormously relevant to global and political matters. It was originally worked out for more personal contexts, and some of the values can be seen most clearly in those more personal contexts, but it has, it has implications for global matters very clearly. And I've written many articles since my book on care ethics elaborating on this. The values of care are of general import. Consider global poverty. What could be more of an affront to the values of care, of responding to need, of acting on empathy, than that millions of children in the world still die because of poverty? Or consider the mass migrations that cause such pain and upheaval. The values of care I think, are much more suitable for guiding our responsibilities as groups and toward groups than our traditional theories focused on competing individual rights or interests or consider our views of society. Traditional model theories have implications for structuring our legal systems and for recommending political decisions that will serve individual self-interests, but they overlook vast areas of society families, educational systems, health care arrangements, daycare and elder care arrangements, and much of the economy and culture. So I think um, ethics of care has huge implications beyond the context in which it can be most clearly uh, exemplified and understood. Why do you think it's important to focus on caring relationships rather than simply on the virtues of individuals? Right. Well, I've argued against thinking that care ethics is a kind of virtue theory. Some of my colleagues do interpret it as a form of virtue theory, but I think that this is a mistake. Virtue theory from Aristotle on focuses on the virtues of individuals and care ethics is all about relations between persons. A good example to think about is trust, which care ethics fosters, and that we certainly need more of and that healthy societies require. Trust has to be a relation between persons. A person who's trusting, while others are not trustworthy, just invites being taken advantage of. She's just naive. So virtue theorists say that the virtue is trustworthiness, not just being trusting, but two people can be trustworthy, and still, as individuals, you don't have trust until they establish a relation between them, until a trusting relation has been established. So I think it's the relations between persons that we need to understand and and, uh, make recommendations for. And the traditional virtues of virtue theory turn out to be much more influenced by their specific cultures than has been acknowledged. Whereas one of the greatest strengths of care ethics is that it's built on experience, an experience that really is universal, the experience of having been cared for. Every person in the world has 
had the experience of being cared for and can think about what the values were and should be in that care. Without that kind of care, they wouldn't exist. So everyone has access to that kind of experience, the experience of care. Another aspect of care ethics, which is important to keep in mind, is that our understanding of care, and especially of good care, must be developed as much from the point of view of the recipient as from the point of view of the provider. And this helps us understand how caring practices can and should avoid being coercive or insensitive and how they should be respectful and empowering and so on. When you first bring up the subject of care, it's often associated with the bossy mother or the insensitive social worker or the overworked nurse and so on. But this misunderstands the ethics of care. And the ethics of care will enlighten us on how to think about better caring practices and what the values uh, of care imply. Does the ethics of care have feminist roots? Very definitely, yes. The ethics of care has feminist roots. It arose as many of us started to pay attention, uh, often for the first time, to all that work that women do and that had previously been almost completely ignored by theorists. It had been dismissed as irrelevant to moral theorizing, but various of us came to think it was very relevant. One of the very important books contributing to the development of care ethics was Sarah Reddick's book on mothering. It examined the thinking of those engaged in care work and the values by which they are or ought to be guided. And this was important in developing care theory. And care ethics has developed as we recognize how different everything looks when we understand the gender bias that has gone into our theories and not just into how they've been applied. Almost uh, everyone can understand that it's not enough to leave existing social structures in place and just allow women to take part instead of being excluded. The structures need to change. For instance, what almost every working woman understands is that work arrangements structured on the assumption that there will be a non-working wife at home caring for household and children need to be restructured. And our stru- and um, what I'm emphasizing is that our structures of moral and social theories built as they are on assumptions containing gender bias, for instance, that law and political arrangements are central and that caring for children and others are irrelevant. These need to change also. Uh, Our theories need to change as well as how we live, and that's the kind of thing I've been working on. Care ethics, like feminism, has revolutionary implications. It suggests fundamental restructurings of society and also how we think about how we ought to live our lives. You're listening to Radical Philosophy on Radio 3CR, 855 on your AM dial, and I'm speaking to Professor Virginia Held about the ethics of care. What is a caring person like? 
as I see it, a caring person is a person who engages effectively and with the right motives in an admirable practice of care. These practices may go all the way from caring for one's child or elderly parent to engaging in practices to, say, end global poverty. One of the strengths of the ethics of care is that it can incorporate some of the best features of Kantian and utilitarian morality, which many people are more familiar with. For instance, Kantian ethics emphasizes the motives or intentions with which we act, and care ethics agrees these are important. Care ethics can recognize that it's better for an act to express the right motives, such as to promote the well-being of the cared for, rather than that a care provider aim primarily at a financial reward, such as being named in the will of the old person tended, uh, and utilitarian ethics emphasizes that the consequences of our actions ought to be good ones. And I agree that consequences are important. And care ethics will certainly advocate that care uh, must be effective in bringing about good consequences, such as really contributing to the health and well-being of the cared for. So care ethics incorporates those features of other theories, and I think it is, in that way, superior. Certainly, a lot of our actual practices of care are not very good ones and need to be improved. And care ethics can show us how to do this. And it can also, very importantly, show how care ought to be provided when, as is so often the case, it, it is absent or inadequate. So I think care is a much more compelling basis for calling on us to respond to needs than our Kantian imperfect duties or utilitarian calculations. And I think uh, there are many caring persons who could be enabled to be more effective and do a better job of caring with the help of care ethics. How do values such as justice, equality, and individual rights fit together with care, trust, mutual consideration, and solidarity? Okay. As I see it, justice, equality, justice, equality, and individual rights are extremely important in their appropriate sphere. But I see this as a limited sphere, the sphere of the legal and political. And I see the ethics of care as the more comprehensive moral theory, and then caring relations as the way wider entities, such as societies, should be held together. The ethics of care is the, is the more comprehensive, wider morality within which we should forge our more limited legal and political and economic and other interactions. Of course, caring relations between fellow citizens will be weak, much, much weaker than those between family members. But we have to care enough about our, our fellow citizens to care that their rights are respected and their political voice is heard. And then these ways of thinking can be extended to the global level. People are not, as Hume pointed out, totally indifferent to the well-being of people, even very distant from them. And these ways of, of thinking and feeling can be extended. So justice and its implications are extremely important, 
but they are not the whole of morality, as has often been mistakenly thought, and the same holds for individual and uh, maxim- individual interests and maximizing interests. These just are not the whole of morality. Does the ethics of care have the potential to deal with social issues? Well, I think it has enormous potential to deal with social issues. Social problems, indeed all problems, are often thought to be matters of competing individual interest. A wants X and B wants not X, or people who live in one neighborhood want school to be located in their neighborhood, while those across the tracks in another neighborhood want it in theirs, and so on. Care and the outlook of care encourage us to see issues differently. Clashing individual interests aren't the right model for contexts of care. Of course, there are conflicts within families, but the deeper reality is one of mutual interest. Parents want their children to do well, along with themselves, and children want their parents to do well, along with them. And caregivers want their patients to get better, and patients want those who care for them to be well. So care fundamentally promotes cooperation rather than conflict of interests. And this approach can be extended to all sorts of social problems, and I would hope to much more economic activity than usually envisaged. Of course, conflicts are not going to magically disappear but we can move in the direction of cooperation. We can foster it. Uh, we can foster cooperation and, very importantly, nonviolence, which care obviously promotes. Do you think there's any connection between the ethics of care and the rising interest in civil society? The writers with whom I'm familiar, who point to the enormous importance of civil society, haven't yet made the connection with the ethics of care, but I think they should, and maybe some that I'm not familiar with do so. But they show us how our legal and political institutions rest on a foundation of civil society and how such institutions can't work or work well without an adequate level of social trust and mutual concern. Care ethics, as I understand it, would offer the needed support and understanding for these more empirical explorations. So I hope more of a connection will be drawn. And then within the wider network of caring relations in civil society, I think we should develop legal systems guided more or less by Kantian norms, emphasizing justice, equality, and individual rights, and political systems guided more or less by utilitarian norms, promising, uh, promoting the, the general welfare. But the foundation of civil society, I think, should be best understood, can be best understood, in terms of caring relations. Can the ethics of care assist us in dealing with global problems? I think care ethics has enormous potential for dealing with global problems, and I've written quite a few articles in recent years making this case. For instance, one is on how the ethics of care supports international law. That came out in the open access journal Ethics in Global Politics in 2011. Another 
article was on care and human rights in an Oxford volume called Philosophical Foundations of Human Rights. Another that just came out was on how the ethics of care can help us deal with ethnic conflict. And another that is not yet out is Care Ethics and Responsibility for Global Poverty. So these are examples of the implications of care ethics for global problems. Uh, another uh, large issue is climate change. And the ethics of care is, I think, and many others think, more helpful than traditional theories in dealing with this huge problem. I haven't said much about climate change myself and care ethics, but some others have. So that's a good example. Do you have any future study plans? Well, right now I'm working on something called a Dewey Lecture, named after John Dewey, for the next annual meeting of the American Philosophical Association. These lectures are supposed to be on how philosophy has changed in our lifetimes. One of the big ways philosophy has changed in my lifetime is that the ethics of care has arisen and that it's taken seriously and that academic philosophy now deals with real problems and what we ought to do about them. Problems like climate change or global poverty or terrorism and political violence. That's another topic on which I've written quite a few things. So my plans for the future are to continue. And one of the areas I'm especially interested in is what the ethics of care might imply for better economic arrangements, including at the global level than we have now. But I'm not uh, enough of an economist to be very ambitious about these plans, so someone else may have to do much of this work. Maybe some of your listeners. <laughs> yes, perhaps. Well, thanks very much for coming onto the program today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I know I've been speaking to Professor Virginia Held about the ethics of care. That's all we have time for today. Hope you've enjoyed the program and been given plenty of food for thought.